Hello there. I'm James O'Halloran, and in this conversation, I speak to Rosa Lewis. Rosa set her sights on becoming enlightened in a year. It took her to the edge of herself and past that edge too. She lost her mind, became psychotic, and came close to being committed, but somehow managed to pull it all back together again herself. This is a story of life, death, grief, suffering, healing trauma, and eventually achieving her goal while still in her 20s. Rosa is a remarkable person who is happy to sail close to the wind. And what she learned doing that, she brings back from the edge and shares with us in this recording. So, please enjoy. Oh, and by the way, it gets funnier and more practical near the end. Thank you very much, Rosa, for agreeing to be my very first guest on this podcast. No worries. Happy to be here. Yeah, so I wondered if you wanted to talk a bit about what your idea was behind the podcast, just to start us off. Yeah, okay. Well, it's funny because you don't represent the first person that I would plan to speak to, but that's the way plans go. My idea was that, uh, you know, as you'll know about me, my kind of big thing is the realm of work, helping usually entrepreneurs kind of perform better in their work lives and as a coach. But really, I'm increasingly working with people who are kind of not at that stage in their career and maybe they're unhappy in the work that they're doing. So I thought it would be really cool to meet people who love their job, talk to them about their work, you know, how they got there and any insights they have and put that out as a podcast so that people would feel a bit more inspired rather than just picking from a list of, you know, being a doctor, a nurse or, you know, just just kind of have other options and interesting people and careers to listen to. So that was my idea behind it when we met up three weeks ago and I heard a bit about your uh, your adventures in the last while. I thought, no, this would be a good place to start, actually. So thanks for chatting to me. Cool. Happy to. Yeah. Good. I kind of thought one place that might be interesting to start would be just for context, you know, to kind of introduce how we know each other and and kind of get you kind of talking about yourself was we met three years ago. And I kind of thought, well, maybe if we understood a bit about what you were doing back then, that might be an interesting place to start. Yeah, great. Yeah, we met in quite an interesting way, I think. I was running a small marketing agency with a couple of friends. And I guess I can really relate to the the reason for you want to do this podcast. And I think that there'd been a lot of kind of dissatisfaction in my work and jobs that I'd had. And so kind of one of the solutions was that me and a couple of friends could set up a marketing agency and we did it with the idea of having some quite strong sort of values behind making it quite meaningful and making it a fun place to work and making sure we all enjoyed it as some of the like driving force behind it and uh, one of the things that's really important to me in kind of life and work is like collaboration and non-hierarchy so there was no kind of hierarchy within our business but also like the way we work with clients and the way yeah we we interacted with um suppliers like web developers and things like that it was all very kind of collaborative and Mm non-hierarchical and as part of this I set up a meetup called the collaboration project which was kind of like experimenting some of the tools that we wanted to use within the agency and also just trying to meet kind of like-minded people Mm -hmm. um and you were one of the like-minded people that came to our (laughs) our first workshop and yeah I think there was definitely just a kind of fit in terms of like we had a lot of shared interests in interesting types of work and and collaboration and we actually got you to come in and do a Lego serious play workshop which was amazing we loved it and that was that I think that's a really good example of how tools can help change like a dynamic and make things more collaborative so that was really inspiring and also fun yeah, I mean, it's funny thinking back to three years ago, it feels longer in some ways, but it was quite a cool meetup. Like not, I, I was going to a lot of meetups back then and it didn't, a, a lot of them just fell short, but that one seemed to be like, for me, it was kind of fizzy. There was something interesting there. It was kind of sparky, but also there was something practical. I remember writing quite a lot of notes and aside from yourselves, who ends up, you know, obviously we're friends now, but aside from your, yourself and the your coworkers who were there, I think like made exchanges with maybe three or four other people and there wasn't that many people there so it was one of those like kind of key you know when you get it right you go you pick out a meetup or a networking thing and you're like oh gosh that really proved itself it was really cool so would it be helpful it certainly would be interesting to me to think okay so kind of rolling forward a bit 
what's happened in the three years like in terms of work and kind of setting some context just for for people to understand where you're coming from sure yeah so the marketing agency was moderately successful but mm-hmm. not it wasn't quite enough to kind of keep us going so we sort of took a different direction and I also I moved so I used to live in Bristol and I moved out to the countryside and it was like all part of this I guess quest to find like meaning and purpose and joy and that's I feel like that's been kind of like a huge driver in my life mm-hmm. yeah so I moved out to the countryside and had a bit of a career change so my background coming into the marketing agency has always been project man- digital creative project management mm-hmm. And I took a bit of a side turn and went into working in like the education sector and helping young people, helping introduce programs that support young people to choose careers. Okay. So, so you're kind of on the hunt for, what, what were you on the hunt for, do you think then, if it, if it wasn't feeling like it was right at the time? Yeah, I think that moving to the countryside was, I'd had a pretty rough like couple of years, mm-hmm. just with like family stuff so my dad was an alcoholic and had been drinking a lot and lot just lots of family stuff had been k- kicking off and I just felt really kind of like unsettled and sort of like struggling to find any kind of like connection or meaning in the in the city I, I guess I, I knew I needed to uh, like figure out what my next step was mm. and it felt like a job wasn't gonna fit, mm-hmm. feel like what I was looking for okay. um and so I felt like I've always been really drawn to the countryside and grew up in the countryside and spent a lot of time out in nature and just felt like that might bring about like a sense of peace, like might be easier to find that kind of sense of peace and like connection to something bigger. And so it was more that sort of those sorts of things. And I I love surfing. I'm a big uh, surfer. And so I moved down to the North Devon countryside. Uh, um, um, were you living the dream? Were you surfing like yeah, surfing. when when there was surf yeah every time running on the coast path nice going out in the national parks yeah and it did it really did kind of soothe that part of me that was a bit sort of like over city or, or yeah. something and over kind of working in like hectic jobs as a project manager the change definitely helped me just sort of like slow down and come mm-hmm. back come back like inside to myself more it kind of facilitated that change I think. Cool. Just to shift gears um, to some extent and get us kind of onto a hotter topic, I suppose. I think we met up recently about three weeks ago. And I think at the time you said about a year ago, you tried to, you, you decided to just pursue enlightenment. Have I remembered that right? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and what exactly does that even mean? What 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 were you looking for? What What was the, why was that of interest to you? Yeah, sure. So I guess like going back a little bit in, in the story, I kind of came across some really intense psychotherapeutic work that has a kind of physical element to it as well and I went through this process in in a group setting and completely sort of almost like transformed the way I experienced the world from it Mm -hmm. it was like I'd let go of loads of trauma or something and then suddenly the world was just like a different place and can you describe that a bit more for us yeah sure so I think there was a sense of kind of before it was like I existed in a world where certain emotions couldn't be expressed or I didn't like allow myself to think certain thoughts or like I was quite closed about like crying and Mm -hmm. expressing kind of any kind of like sadness and I went through this this process and found a part of me that just had all of that in there and, and kind of like released it well and yeah, it was kind of, it was a full on process at the time. And then afterwards it was like stepping out into a different world. It was kind of like, oh wow, like I've got access to all of these different emotions and ways of looking at the world. And I think th- so that, that in and of itself, that was so valuable because I was just so much like happier and more relaxed. There weren't parts of myself that were just like shut off or So did this rejected. all happen after one, I don't know what? like a retreat or what was the yeah what it was, was like it that a, you... a weekend like post group kind of like a retreat yeah oh, that's good value for money yeah <laughs> yeah it's great yeah. <laughs> <laughs> although i imagine pretty brutal to go yeah through. really hard i'm also the sort of person who just like throws myself into stuff okay so I, so what year are we talking about now when you attended this 2015 okay 
Uh, describe it again. What, what you know? If if other, would you recommend this to someone else? Yeah, so, you know, absolutely. Maybe help yeah. them find it. Then. It's called um, shadow work therapy. Okay. I feel like it found me. I feel like it was like Whoa, one of those things where okay. fate hands you something <laughs> and uh... yes, punches you in the face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and yeah, so it's kind of like you take different parts of your. You find a situation that you struggle with. So for me, it was like a lot of just just feeling detached from myself difficulty making decisions and like I was just I was just a bit of a mess basically and that was kind of the the situation I was trying to kind of put out and then you take out the different parts of you that contribute to that so there was like a small part of me that was like being repressed that was really sad and there was like a bigger part that was like trying to keep that bit down okay wow how, when you say take out the different parts, what do you mean? Yeah, so you will like talk it through with the therapist. Okay. And then you'll like talk through what you think that bit of you is kind of expressing or saying. Mm-hmm. And then different people from the group can like hold that f- for you. So they might say the lines or like represent it in certain ways. So a bit like constellations then? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Similar okay. thing. Yeah. And I think, so I I, met, I got loads out of it just from my internal shift, mm-hmm. but the, the, I think the most amazing thing was like, just this moment of like, oh, ha, huh, that you can totally change how you experience the world. Like that's totally possible. Wow. And seeing other people in the group do the same as well. It wasn't just like, you know, this kind of one-off thing that happened. Yeah. It was like, you could see them go through this process and you could see that afterwards they were different people. Like, they held themselves differently and they'd you you're sitting up like, sitting up really straight is that like kind of taller and yeah just, broader shoulders yeah like brighter eyes taking and, up more space yeah 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 you could almost like see the energy transformation of like something they'd left behind wow um and that kind of just like planted this seed in my mind of like maybe you can like get to the bottom of suffering or like wow. maybe you know if you just keep going and keep like going to the difficult places or keep yeah but just keep going through it and kind of see what what's there and I did more work like that and more retreats which were like different rituals and um so not just all shadow stuff no did some other bits and bobs as well anything and, you'd name check that would be helpful for people um I think there's something about like following your own okay kind of intuition and, yeah. and I guess like yeah, it seems like opportunities seem to that maybe this I don't know if this is like un, super unhelpful, but it's like opportunities seem to like come up in front of me, and I'd be like, I that's I how would you know? Okay, so so yeah. how, how would you kind of how would you kind of sharpen that tool if you like to know that that was the opportunity, or was it just no choice? It was just you know before you knew it, kind of thing. You were there. Yeah, good question. I think that there's like I'm. I guess I'm quite an intuitive person, mm-hmm. but I think that that is part of what I was repressing and what came out of what happened in 2015 so you almost had to start to be able to yeah to kind of release an aspect of that and be able to see more of what you need to do is that right yeah okay yeah and also just like standard kind of therapy and all of that you know it's like the whole picture of all the kind of psychotherapeutic and like yoga and uh, yeah like med- med- the whole lot <laughs> <laughs> everything under the umbrella of yeah <laughs> Diet, exercise. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just no looking everywhere. Yeah, right, exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, when was it? Summer 2018, I came across a book and it was talking about enlightenment and the fact that enlightenment is often kind of talked about in a slightly kind of woolly, ungraspable way or yeah. often not even talked about okay. in, even in meditation centers. But actually, it's like a totally possible thing in this lifetime. And if you have like these basic approaches to meditation, mm-hmm. you can you can reach it. OK, um, that's that was all described in the book. Yeah, described in the book. And I was just like, OK, enlightenment. <laughs> that's the next step. In 2018, yeah, that was in your sights. Yeah. OK. <laughs> yeah, I used to make jokes. I'd get enlightened in a year. <laughs> So what, so, okay, so let's say someone's new to the term of enlightenment. What does it actually mean? Yeah, it's a really good question. And actually what I have come to realise is that there's no one Okay, thing. so what's your, what your definition? Yeah. What, how does it land on you? My definition is that it's essentially like removing all the resistance to being fully present in this moment. Wow, okay. That's kind of simple in a way. Yeah, yeah. 
Not easy. No. <laughs> <laughs> and did you ever achieve that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. I, f- I feel like I went a bit, a bit too far into that. <laughs> okay. I suspect you might talk about that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I suppose for me, anyway, my simple brain will help in terms of chronology. So you, you kind of want to, it was your mission to be enlightened within a year. Yeah. Stopwatch starts. What did you start doing? Yeah. Okay. So I'd meditated a little bit before, but always sort of struggled with it. And then I... Why, when you say struggled with it, what, what was happening when you were um, meditating before? Because I've always had a lot of strange bodily sensations and imagery and stuff that's okay. come up during meditation. And the way that it's talked about, I certainly, I don't know if it's always meant like this, but certainly the way it's talked about, I often interpret it as the aim is to quiet the mind and to mm-hmm. quiet that stuff down. Mm. And I guess I shift my shifted my perspective so that rather than trying to quiet it I was trying to allow it wow okay so if there was just like a load of like crazy energy stuff going on it was like paying attention to that rather than like trying to trying to negate that or shut that down and yeah. kind of just calm your mind and be still yeah okay so that was very much part of what you needed to explore then yeah definitely and and I think I guess it's a it's a tricky thing to explain in some ways because I think we use our minds to like run away from things sometimes Mm -hmm. so it's almost like I can understand the kind of terms of trying to calm the mind Mm -hmm. it's like trying to stop that like treadmill of running away from your experience okay yeah but often I think that there's like the reason that we're trying to run away is because there's something going on underneath that's like difficult to experience so Mm -hmm a difficult thought or a difficult feeling or a difficult sensation because if not we wouldn't be running away from it so it's escapism basically yeah okay and it's like trying to get underneath that thought and be with what's there which is not yeah is is difficult it's a difficult process hmm. i think i've heard you and other people saying that the way there is through that just came is coming up for me in terms of the way you're describing it so rather than trying to escape again in another way to to get to a simple place in your mind you're trying to get through and into what's coming up for you and kind of explore it is that am I putting words in your mouth or is that 100% yeah that's a really good yeah way of describing it I think it's like if there's like loads of sadness there it's like you have to go and like feel the sadness you can't like bypass that and go straight to the calm bit but it's like if you felt that when you come out the other side you're often like there's a calmness okay it's not like guaranteed but it's like so you've released you it to some that. extent maybe yeah brought it to the surface and let it go yeah okay so 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 we're going back to in 2018 and and kind of you had meditated before but you weren't doing it right in air quotes because you were yeah. <laughs> calming your mind so but now you had a new kind of approach to meditating which is which is kind of going into the stuff that was coming up the energy and different things is that right yeah so kind of talk us through that year of enlightenment then so from we're still near quite near the start i think yeah right well i i think i just had a like really quite intense journey the whole way through uh, partially because i am just very um i just throw myself into things yeah. <laughs> so if there's like suffering to be felt i'm just like here we go wow <laughs> so you like, weren't you weren't kind of cowering or turning away from that you were no. just that was part of the year right, almost like the opposite just wow. like relentlessly like turning up over and over you know i'd sit for 40 minutes and just cry the whole time or like just feel like in really loads of rage like going through my body or like have loads of like weird kind of shamanic like imagery coming up and i just i just like welcome it and kind of be with it um, wow. I, i've heard adi ashanti who's a spiritual teacher in America, say something really similar where he kind of reached the point where, you know, he was dealing with suffering and things and, and he just wanted enlightenment so much that he just thought, he just said, he kind of uttered this prayer, like no matter what it is, whether my life needs to be like terrible from now on or whether it needs to be good from now on, I don't care. I just want it all and I just want to get enlightened. I don't care what my life needs to be like. And it sounds so similar to that. And he, he said he kind of uttered this prayer and it was almost like as soon as it came out of his mouth, he's like, oh, what have I done? Because his <laughs> life for four years after that was just horrendous. Like he went through so much pain. But yeah, he's an enlightened being. And I guess 
that's what he had to go through and he kind of knew he said he <laughs> he just regretted that in some ways but i guess you know that was the that was what he called up and that's what he wanted yeah but but was there not times i can only imagine that it was perhaps un- unbearable at times is it not unbearable and kind of did you not want to kind of just turn away and think i'll just stick on netflix instead and eat popcorn um... No, not until I kind of re- like tipped over the edge into real kind of, I guess after a year, I really tipped over the edge into just like really, really strange states of consciousness. Okay. But the kind of build up to it, I dealt with a lot of really hard, like emotion, psycho-emotional stuff before that point. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, give us some examples. I had quite a difficult childhood. I had like took on a lot of responsibility and my mum died when I was 17. Wow. Yeah, my dad was an alcoholic for my whole life. Um, and he actually ended up just um, dying from drinking too much. Wow. Um, this all kind of happened within a sphere of like, I guess a kind of family sphere, which isn't, I don't think it's that uncommon, but it's like emotions aren't really talked about. Okay. They're very much like repressed and you just have to get on with stuff and like deal with it. Like, yeah, I'd always kind of taken on a lot of responsibility and had, like, with my dad, particularly a kind of like a, like the parent child dynamic sometimes. Yeah, role reversed. And I think there was like a sense in that of, yeah, there was a lot of kind of psycho emotional stuff that I had to deal with and Mm -hmm. that I had to face up to, which I I did before I started meditating, really. Um, So your mom died when you were 17. And what age do you know? Uh, 29. 29, okay. But I think there was also the sense of that sense of always having taken on responsibility for myself mm, Yeah, was also one of the things that got me through it and kind of gave me the tools to like face up to stuff. And Yeah, yeah, you um, kind of chalked up your 10,000 hours at quite a long, young age then, I guess. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> and being through quite a lot. So I guess some of these things coming up in this year of becoming enlightened uh, maybe didn't feel, I don't know, do they, do they feel kind of as difficult as some of that some of that or so I think in the year I guess it was like maybe not no I think once you really like sat with full-on like grief and really like been with it and felt the sensations and like thought all the feelings with it that's like one of the most intense feelings experiences that you can have in life okay and I guess there was that sense of like knowing really well that if you go through that you get through the other side and you mm. feel better that was mm. like fully by the time I started meditating that was like so fully ingrained in my system that I just trusted mm. I fully trusted my body to be able to process trauma it's a it's designed to process trauma it's just that we kind of repress it and okay. put it put it away but you really understood that you know like people understand that intellectually I suppose or we can have that co- I can have that conversation but I don't believe I understand it in the same way that you probably do or did physically you know yeah through your experience wow okay and actually interestingly on the first meditation retreat I went on there was like a realization that I was almost maybe like a little bit addicted to the intense I was so used to intense Mm. experience and like the kind of yeah like the difficulty and then you like get to the other side and the relief and like it was quite a norm for you I guess even you know in your teenage years or whatever it's yeah probably, it's quite a, I imagine there's quite a lot of that so probably almost there was probably a safety to some of that yeah right yeah I think that's true actually yeah it's almost like how I'd existed yeah and then there was something about that the, the teacher said that kind of something about waking up to being aware of the sort of small small sensations that you feel and like the small emotions and the little you know the kind of in between just like gentleness of Mm -hmm. life and just like paying really close attention to those as well so that was quite a a shift for me I think is that like a mindfulness practice then or just I guess so yeah yeah but just being present I suppose yeah being present with what's there rather than always having to dig and like find the worst okay okay the worst thing and the resistance and like take it apart there's a sense of like just relaxing into experience as it is okay and then yeah I basically had uh, some big kind of energetic openings on that retreat mm-hmm. um and then they just it would that after that it was just like every month it was like new weird energy stuff happening Wait, so when was and, that like, retreat that you when you're, you're thinking of uh November 2018 
Okay. So okay, and then every month after that. So describe, you know, like what's maybe uh, from the kind of more normal to the more wacky. Have you got kind of a <laughs> I imagine yeah, you have a sure. range of energetic experiences you could share? I guess like a normal thing would be if you close your eyes and kind of just pay attention to like a specific part of your body so like you might get a sense of what of a place that you're drawn to or just like you know the the tip of your finger or Mm -hmm. like something like that just paying really close attention to what it actually feels like so it's almost like taking away the construct of what you think it is yeah and just feeling the sensation there it can just be really like tingly or yeah, all sorts of different stuff, like kind of, there could be like throbbing in it from your heartbeat. Just being really alive to the experience and the sensation that's actually there, rather than working through your mind, like of what, what you remember to be there, is that, or yeah, what, what you've yeah. been told is there? Yeah, having any preconception. And I think what has become abundantly clear to me is that we are, as beings, we're like a physical body and we're like kind of heart, mind, like collection of awareness. But we're also like a a kind of energy. We have like an energy body, it's called, I suppose. So it's almost like we're sort of functioning on these different levels. Mm -hmm. And if you really pay attention to like a specific kind of sensation, you can start to get a feel of something a bit bit less like physically solid and a bit more just sort of energetic and a bit more kind of almost like light or something that's sort of like dropping in and out. Yeah, I think... You said like fizzy earlier. Yeah, that yeah. kind of yeah, rings yeah, yeah, true yeah. now. Okay. It's yeah, kind of yeah. like something that's a bit less sort it's of intangible almost, yeah. is it? Yeah. But there's a quality to it nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I remember when I did um, Vipassana and uh, which is a ten day silent retreat. That's that the, the tradition of that has been around a long time. I can't remember how long, but like millennial they part of the meditation itself is that you scan your body and you kind of, you know, pick up sensations and what after you've been after you've quieted your mind you know, you're meditating for 10 hours a day and after you've quietened your mind enough, you can feel that there is kind of a vibration there. And this is what they discovered a long time before science kind of proved that there was, you know, vibrations and it's just fascinating. And I guess that touches on what you're talking about, does it? You know, yeah, the kind definitely. of sense, the, the realistic sensation of that, that we are actually energy and that's what's, you know, in our core, like, you know, down in our cellular level. Yeah. Um. So you're, I suppose you're able to, you, you feel you can experience that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so, okay. So that's kind of, so we're talking about the kind of more normal kind of like energetic stuff, like being, you know, the touch of your fingertips. So what are the more kind of maybe wacky yeah. spiritual things or, or sorry, energetic things? Well, I guess like, for example, on the uh, retreat I went on in November, I'd they'd been just like like when I go on retreat I get I just pick up on other people's energy I guess and like get very kind of like don't need to sleep and like just all sorts of stuff happens how long would you be away for that you don't you're not needing to sleep well and actually after this retreat when I came back I normally like I'm a ma- I love sleep I uh-huh. sleep for hours and hours and hours okay. after this retreat for six weeks I only slept for like three or four hours a night Whoa. and was just like full of beans wow <laughs> so um but I think the, it was like I'd unblock some sort of energy channel or some I don't know I'm I'm always skeptical about like putting a specific description on what happened, but that was okay. the kind of experience. Yeah, yeah, give, so, yeah, d- yeah. Define your own experience, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what happened on this retreat was like I had a big build up of energy that I normally get on retreat. Okay. And then on the last night, we kind of sat around a fire and everyone was talking, and I just had this really like intense feeling of the fire just being too much, okay. and I was just like, I can't be near this fire. It's like too overwhelmingly kind of intense in some like some sort of not just hot like not just normal like a fire can be hot I'm getting moving back a little bit it's not that no it was like a kind of something in my something was happening kind of in my like self energetically or spiritually or something and I so I decided to just like go to bed and Mm -hmm. I went and laid down and all the energy it was like it had built up in my head and there was just like so much pressure in my head that I was just lying in bed it felt like my head was going to explode it was kind of like really throbbing and just like full on so not just a headache or a migraine or anything like that in what way would it be different to what people have experienced or what you had experienced before yeah I guess it was just a sense it was it was just this sense of build up of energy 
Yeah. There was just like too much, too much energy in there. Okay. Um, and it couldn't get out. And I was trying to like just calm down myself enough to go to sleep. Okay. Um, and I ended up getting up in the middle of the night and like going down to the bathroom, filling the sink with loads of cold water and okay. just like repeatedly dunking my <laughs> dunking my head in the cold water just to try and get it to like chill out a bit or I don't, I don't know. <laughs> did it work well i went then i went and stood out in the garden so it's november, november it's really it's cold, like cold yeah, yeah and with wet hair and everything it's just like shivering <laughs> and i could sort of feel it like um kind of relaxing a little bit and then I went back to bed and kind of lay down and just consciously sort of like, yeah, tried to like breathe really slowly. So trying to like, I guess, engage the like parasympathetic okay. nervous system and like just take away any ideas that it was bad or I was in trouble or anything and just sort of completely relax my body. And what happened is like, I, it's like the top of my head kind of opened mm-hmm. and a channel of like light came out and like out of energy your head and shone out of your head yeah okay. and then it was just like all of that energy that had kind of built up and was getting stuck mm-hmm. in the top of my head was now just like rushing through my body and just like the next morning we did like some movement meditation mm-hmm. and just remember like like at one point kind of you know moving around and then we did like quite a strong like stood up pose and just feeling like like so kind of like powerful and like alive and just like all this energy like yeah like golden fountain like coming out of my head cool. <laughs> it's like how I could make sense of it at the time okay. um but that's what yeah. it felt like that was yeah. and that's you kind of putting a language on it to to help us understand what it yeah okay. so do, do you like did you stop and think like what's the meaning of this or have you kind of done that since or like did you was it just an experience and that was that and you just kind of had the experience and and went went with it and that was that or did you look for insight or look for like did you did you use your intuition on it yeah I just had a sense it's a really hard thing to talk about I feel like now I've kind of come to terms with it all and I you know I understand it and I'm um, on some level and I'm confident speaking about it because because it was all quite weird mm-hmm. I didn't feel that I could talk to anyone about it and I sort of like mentioned it to a few people and got a slightly like have you ever had like a <laughs> had like a flowing light coming out of the top of your head any chance no no oh just me then yeah and like <laughs> I guess a couple of things like I w- that were more clear I kind of talked about with some I kind of chose some things to okay. talk about some people and like um that was helpful when they were like you know received well and but there was definitely a sense of just like I think this is good but I'm not really sure what's going on okay okay so um, you're having big experiences and you were very present for them but they weren't they didn't necessarily have like a this is good or this is bad or any any significant meaning associated with them you were just almost like a conduit for some of these things that were happening to you Right. Yeah. 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 I think that's a good way of describing it. And I think what happened is after that retreat, when I had the six weeks where I barely slept, Mm -hmm. I just felt amazing. Like every second of every day, I was just like feeling great. And so I was like, this is obviously, you know, a good thing to be doing. (laughs) (laughs) More people should have flowing lights. Yeah. And and I was like, I'm obviously on the right track here because like end of suffering, like there's no suffering. (laughs) (laughs) For Um, what, six weeks? Yeah. (laughs) Like, would you describe it as being in bliss? Yeah, pretty much. I was just like. So what was it like? Just having a lovely time all the time. Like every day was just a great day. And I'd wake up after my few hours of sleep and just be like ready for the day <laughs> were you working at the time yeah i was going to work and right. just like uber productive like just yeah, pretty productive high-fiving everyone yeah. smashing it out yeah <laughs> okay um and actually i think what happened is so l- later on i ended up in the process i ended up falling you know really far into kind of alternate states of conscious that could well be described as like serious psychosis okay i guess what looking back now i can see that that started then uh, okay. but i didn't because i felt so amazing yeah, i was yeah, just yeah. like this is great yeah what's not to <laughs> I, love yeah i kind of like that there was like a big unhinging from reality at that point that i just and i continued to stray like further and further from normal agreed human reality <laughs> over the, the the course of the year yeah but i mean that's you no know, that is kind of part of it it's kind of that's part of 
like the end of suffering really is seeing through that with like reality is in on some levels like constructed mm-hmm. and actually you can look at it in all these different ways you can experience it in all these different ways and can you bring to mind a simple example of in what way reality is constructed in a way that we'd um, all understand yeah okay so i guess like as a really sort of clear example is that if you're an animal Uh (laughs) your reality is going to be completely different to if you're a human okay and we're animals so we've kind of created this world we're our brains and our minds and our hearts are creating this world and that will be impacted by a whole bunch of different things so it'll be impacted by yeah our kind of genetic makeup as human animals yeah but it will also be impacted by our like history so mm-hmm. if we've always encountered people who are really mean all the time you know if we yeah. had really mean parents or whatever then we're going to grow up thinking that people in authority are mean okay whereas if we have really lovely nice parents we'll grow up thinking people in authority are nice and Got that's it. like fixed in your yeah reality that yeah okay and you can see that some people are that way and some people aren't. And so I guess, yeah, it's not consistent across the board. So there's something going on there in each individual's head. But is it that that sounds a bit like perception is projection. So what you're kind of expecting to find out there in the world that people are mean, you're going to find that probably because you're looking for it in that way. Your your yeah. field of vision is organized in that in, in that direction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. that's a really nice. Way okay. To okay. Yeah, I've got you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then there's all sorts of levels of things going on. So exactly, like energetically, yeah, even if you go into the science of it mm-hmm. and like on a kind of molecular or atom level, yeah, there's a, a reality where it's just a bunch of small things like vibrating. Yeah. And I guess I believe there's a, re- a reality where we are kind of existing as more sort of like energetic beings that are moving around we're not necessarily like like everything we are isn't necessarily encompassed in like just physical like atoms and and molecules as a kind of sense of something else and it's like you can move your awareness around and open if you can take away the resistance of the things that stop you seeing the world like that you can then like move your awareness around and kind of flow in between those different places i think we need to explore more on that do you want to do that now or come back to it uh yeah happy to do it now yeah, yeah let's do it yeah. what does it mean um move your awareness around yeah so i guess in the same way in a simple sense of what i was talking about before if if you can put your awareness like in your knee or in your finger or yeah. you can also put your awareness in the past and think okay. about something or the future and you can also start putting your awareness into the fact that it's just a bunch of like vibrating matter okay and it's kind of like there'll be reasons why we resist that Mm -hmm. there'll be like fear and judgment and also just like lack of practice i think yeah if you have a way of seeing the world you're more likely to kind of fall into that yeah um but it's also it's genuinely i think quite scary for us as humans to deconstruct some of that more like solid stuff like that's quite reassuring like yeah i'm a person sat on a sofa yeah yeah um (laughs) the past has just happened the future's gonna happen like once you get into kind of putting your awareness into the part of experience that is just like just this moment and it's all just energy vibrating Uh there's a little bit of like oh my god (laughs) what (laughs) am i gonna come back from this like there's all sorts of kind of fears and stuff are triggered and you have to, I guess, slowly kind of like allow them and, and let yourself like, I guess, like build up some confidence that you'll come back from it and, and still be here. So maybe to jump forward a bit in our kind of exploration of chronology, but do you feel like you've become awakened? So you're nodding. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess like Buddhists would use other words. So what are other words that, you know, people might use? Like, you know, I'm thinking of liberation and, and things like that. What other, do you have kind of other words in your mind that you'd that people are kind of have often through time searched for and that you feel that you've, you know, you've achieved that or you've kind of got yes. a sense of that? I think what's become apparent is that there's no one sort of enlightenment or awakened state. Or okay. I think that there's kind of two threads to that. On on the one hand, I think it is just a case of like, there's lots of different places you can put your awareness. And I think Buddhism... Buddhism's great and I've got loads out of it, but it has quite a hard line on that like we don't have 
a soul and that the kind of true nature of reality is that it's all kind of emptiness or like loving awareness or it like that sort of awareness level is kind of somehow like the truth more okay. than other things and that doesn't particularly resonate for me i think okay. for me it's more just a case of there's a bunch of different places you can put your awareness uh-huh. which include awareness of awareness or awareness of kind of emptiness okay but you can also put your awareness like in your physical body and that is just as valid and just as true and just as profound in a way yeah. And it's more about just, yeah, where you're putting your awareness. And there's different traditions and different people will have different beliefs about what suits them best or what is best. Or Yeah. One of the um, one of the things you said recently when we've been back in touch is um, that you wanted to make spirituality cool again. What does that mean? Yeah, I guess it's kind of like um, moving away a bit from, I don't know, and maybe this is just me, but like the culture I grew up in like spirituality is a bit of a sort of like cringe okay. word maybe yeah, okay yeah, yeah. Go on. <laughs> um it's almost like you know it has so, like religion has so many connotations doesn't yeah. it so much like structure and so much it's quite lots... mar- marmite isn't it it's like you're, kind of, <laughs> sure. you're there or you're definitely not like yeah you're... also there's a lot of like judgment in it maybe about yeah. like you know certain things are right and certain things are wrong and certain people are good and certain people are bad and you know, depending which religion, obviously, yeah. but um, there's a lot of that historically. And yeah, I, I think for me, like spirituality, it boils down to two really simple things, which is connecting with your inner knowing and your inner experience Yeah. and connecting to something bigger than you. Okay. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be that much more complicated than that. Nice. Nice. <laughs> so I think connecting to something bigger than you, it could be like, I've spoken to friends who've said like their spirituality is the mountains. Okay. Because when they're in the mountains, they just feel like really calm and connected and they can see that they're an animal that's part of an ecosystem. And um, So they've got a better sense of perspective over their life and yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or it could be like community or okay. anything, anything where you feel like this, I'm part of something that's bigger than me. Got it. And the inner knowing, I think, ties in really nicely with like your kind of what you do which is you know it can be the inner knowing it can be this like profound mission to go out and get enlightened or whatever like whatever (laughs) but it can also just be like knowing yourself better and knowing what work will bring you more joy and like that's so valid and needed in this world for people to know that about themselves and it's just it's unfortunate there's a lot of unhappy people isn't there you know kind of yeah for me I, I I spend a lot of time thinking about the realm of work but it's not exclusively that and i think actually once you start to click one of these areas of your life into a better place then other areas of your life tend to improve as well you have just more abundant kind of satisfaction and energy and you know yeah you're just more available to the other aspects um yeah and i tend to focus on work but because for me i guess i've pursued meaning and purpose quite a lot in my career because that's been important to me but and i've also found it too so you know it's it's deeply satisfying the work that i do and it's you know puts a smile on my face whereas i I think a lot of people are not they haven't actually ever experienced that or even think for a second that it could be possible so i guess yeah i understand it from that perspective yeah and does that make meditation or like your interest in meditation and kind of spirituality does it make it easier because you've kind of got a strong like a positive life base almost to like build from or yeah i I think yeah i mean it it kind of makes me feel like a more successful person so you know even if i sit down to meditate i have probably a greater level of confidence that i'll be able to do that too and you know, that I can kind of take on whatever comes my way, whether it's, you know, good stuff, bad stuff. Like, I I just feel like I'm almost proven to myself that, that I'm good and I can I can do stuff and I'm, you know, I can be happy doing it too. So I think that that kind of is available in many other areas, you know, being a dad, you know, being a husband. And, you know, so it kind of, I, I think once you kind of improve some factor of your life, and, and for me, I kind of focused on career and work-related stuff for a long time and and yeah certainly there's an abundance available elsewhere i don't know if that answers your question yeah definitely yeah so it's almost like a positive feedback yeah loop totally that you're building on totally because i think maybe behind what i'm saying is there's a question of self-esteem and so once you kind of feel good about yourself and what you're doing and that you're productive and you're a contributing member of society then 
that reinforces, you know, it's kind of like it bolsters other areas of your life. And, and even when the other areas of your life are not going super, you kind of think, you know, if, if your work is going okay, then it's not all bad, right? So spirituality, give, give us your definition again. I really like it. It's quite simple. Of spirituality. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's the, like, two things is that one is the inner knowing. And that's like knowing yourself, knowing your experience, knowing what will bring you joy, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so that's very specific and unique to each individual. Is that right? And your model of this and your determinant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I fully believe that, that there's something unique about every being yeah we have something you know call it a soul or call it whatever yeah but there's something that is like inherently james in you and something <laughs> like inherently razor in me yeah yeah I, I couldn't agree more i mean i just yeah we we look very similar from a distance like if you look at us from a spaceship or something like that you know we kind of like we're all just moving around like ants on the planet but actually you get a bit closer okay we look a bit similar in that you know we all breathe oxygen and most of us have eyeballs and you know those sorts of things but then you get a bit closer and you get a bit closer and actually we're so different like we're just you know the way we view the world and what we think is good what we think is bad what we're good at like all those things are so unique yeah so specific to us as an individual that's yeah this is exactly the work i care about it's like helping an individual understand what it is about you that's brilliant and what you do naturally because that's yeah that's um fulfilling when you spend your time doing something that's just easy for you rather than toiling all the time okay so that's the one side of spirituality and the other side is connection and the other side is connecting into something bigger than you yeah there's almost like two strands of that as well it's like just a sense of connection is so important particularly for humans like loneliness is it's like the biggest life expectancy indicator of something isn't it it's like so important for people to feel is that right? Is that, wow, gosh, I yeah. didn't realize that. Well, it's funny to think back to the start of this conversation and the start of how we met was to do with collaboration. Yeah. So even back then, three years ago, before your more life-changing events, <laughs> that was already, you're already on that mission. You're looking to connect people and how to, because that, that was like really what the meetup, what that kind of session was about. Yes. Yeah. So I think there's like the connection element and then there's like a shared purpose which yeah collaboration kind of straddles yeah those two so we really like people love being helpful like that is one of their most favorite like it makes people so happy to be able to be helpful and useful and like valued and that kind of comes from connecting into some sort of like community or belief in like an ecosystem or something where you feel like you're contributing to the world mm. and you're receiving some sort of connection in re- in return well, i have a lot of questions in my head the, the um making kind of spirituality cool again and the kind of question of becoming awakened is that if you were to make spirituality cool again and you kind of you know in 10 years time the world's looked totally different because you'd succeeded on that what what might you see what you know what would be the change yeah I think people there'd be a sense of much more guidance from our inner systems of like what brings us joy as individuals and how can we be helpful out in the world Uh nice it's almost like if you're really connected to your inner knowing and aware of how much community and connection is kind of nourishing for us it's almost like those two things can become your driving forces and then we just suddenly are like way better at taking care of each other and building a more fair society Mm. and making sure people feel valued Mm -hmm. um doing work that's more fulfilling and i think even if we're doing work that isn't uh, more fulfilling or Mm -hmm. is you know a bit more run of the mill i guess yeah i I visited a call center as part of my job a a couple of weeks ago okay and they were they're one of the best companies to work for in the uk they've been very won lots of awards Mm -hmm. and like nobody's under any pretense that like sit you know sitting on the phones answering calls is like the most inspiring work Mm -hmm. but they're just really like supportive and value their staff and they're like we really care about giving our customers a good experience we really value that you're contributing to that we want to make it fun we want to and that's what we want as humans we, we want to be like valued and yeah. recognized and like contributing something so there'd be more of that it's um, kind of simple in a way isn't it like yeah. as often these things are and do you feel that more people would need to become enlightened or should become enlightened or would become enlightened by virtue of this or you know what, what what's your kind of comments around some of that stuff i'm not 
very attached to the word enlightened anymore. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's maybe <laughs> now that you've achieved it, <laughs> <laughs> you kicked that off within a year. <laughs> I guess I'm not really sure what it means. I'm kind of like I feel like it's almost meaningless in a way that word. I think because it's like people are so refuse to talk about it so much. I feel like it doesn't have like a cultural shared understanding of what the word means, yeah. and that's what words are for, isn't yes. it? Yes, yeah, it's a um, shortcut to. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's misleading in the sense people in spirituality talk about like enlightenment and like it's all light and there's no suffering. And my experience is much more just like welcoming reality as it is, which is a lot of stuff. You know, look at the political landscape and the mm-hmm. inequality and all the other stuff that's out in the world yeah. at the moment. Of course, there's suffering. There's no one quick fix where suddenly it's like we're all enlightened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think there's some think about waking up more to know yourself better okay that can happen on a lot of different levels and i do think and i think that like manifesting stuff in the world and going out and doing stuff in the world like you were describing having a good job feeling building self-confidence yeah. is like a really important and valid way to do that but also it's like learning about our inner worlds i guess to make sure that we're not going out and trying to buy a sports car to make us happy <laughs> unless that's you know maybe that's your thing but <laughs> like you know what i mean we're kind of getting to know ourselves and experimenting out in the world and like oh maybe i'd like this job and going out and doing it and then reflecting inside and thinking actually how does that really make me feel is it making me is it bringing me joy is it something that is inherently rewarding or am i doing this because it's paying me lots of money or yeah i guess being really clear on on yeah the why like the motivations for what you're why you're doing anything yeah i guess i'm still grappling with the you know making sure i'm understanding enlightenment and you know the kind of experience that you're you're having or the difference and so how could you how could you describe it to your kind of previous self before you you kind of achieved it if you like yeah sure that's a good question um so i think the biggest shift was realizing that it's not just our brains and our minds that experience things okay it's like our bodies also have an experience and you can like and our energy bodies but let's just stick to stick to the body okay it's like you can tap into that and like the biggest kind of practical shift is i guess being much more in my heart um so we do actually have like a small brain around our heart and they've done they're doing scientific research to prove that your heart like makes decisions and figures things out and then we'll send it to the brain rather than the brain make you know working something out and then sending it to the heart okay. it kind of it has its own sort of autonomy okay scientifically but i think in my experience it's like you can you can almost like connect into your experience with just like your heart's brain and your heart mind which is almost a different way of it's like a so- sort of softer kind of way of interacting with the world okay and rather than seeing things as very solid and fixed it's mm-hmm. much more like about how things feel and i pick up a lot more on like subconscious things so within my own experience but also other people's when like i'm what? interacting with them it's like like, what? like a friend was describing a problem um to me the other day She's actually having some trouble at work and she was talking about the situation. And on the surface, I could sort of flip and see that she was describing almost like when she shows up, she feels she does this and then this happens and then this. It was like that kind of level. But what I was hearing and like seeing with her body language and like just feeling in my heart Mm -hmm. was just a sense of like a bit like overworked and undervalued and there was like you know a bit of kind of like sadness that maybe she's not in the right you're tapping more into the emotion of it I guess yeah and and also like the reasons there's lot you know our hearts just like know loads of stuff about how our experiences and constantly we're like giving each other signals and describing things in a way that our brains will interpret one way and our hearts will interpret another way and I think it's like that dropping down into the heart side of things. So and do you think that everyone has the potential to do that and to kind of use their heart to inform their thinking or their decisions or their like to as another source of information I guess? Yes definitely. And yeah. and how like is this something is there any way you could help us kind of cultivate that within ourselves or kind of 
like turn up the volume if you like if people don't feel that they they've got access to that yeah definitely so I think there's a few things I think one is that like often our hearts can be quite guarded because that's where things will hurt so if we've been if we've been particularly when we're younger as kids or like been in a really stressful situation as adults like yeah we'll close bits of our hearts down so it's good to just be like gentle with stuff like that and I guess you know things like therapy and okay. just safe spaces where you can open up and like test the water with being a bit more kind of emotionally open that okay. will help you be in your heart and then just like the fi- tapping into like the physical sensations of the heart so if you're meditating feeling your heartbeat or huh. like physically trying to kind of locate your awareness in the middle of your chest okay um i think that helps and then another tool that i have is i've got these cards that I use in work in workshops and they've just got like one word on so things like calm clear okay. collaborative like joyful mm-hmm. and if I was doing a workshop with someone I'd kind of say you know just like intuitively like pick a card that you're drawn to yeah that, something that describes like what you want to feel in your life or yeah. um and p- that's more of a like heart decision because it's like something you're drawn to and you're okay. kind of there's like an intuitive element to it rather than thinking like yeah I, I've you know thought through my options and i think being a yeah, doctor yeah, would be good because i'll get think, paid loads think, of money think, think. <laughs> yeah okay it's like i'd re- yeah i'd really like my work to be you know welcoming or collaborative or do you see um intuition and kind of like the knowledge around your heart like the the kind of wisdom there do you see them as one in the same thing or is intuition kind of almost like a doorway and, and the heart is one way of interpreting it or how, how do you yeah that's a really good question i think intuition is more in your guts okay. so we also have a brain in our guts okay and i think that that it's like a kind of that like stomach feeling of like g- gut feeling yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> perfect words <laughs> <laughs> um so that's almost like more intuition but heart there's it's like an in, like intentions i think is the best word okay it's like this is good segment like a good separation between the two because it, it, for me it's i would like to be able to cultivate it all more or be able to understand it a bit more but i'm it's quite blunt like yeah, sure, not a blunt yeah. heart no <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah keep going so okay so we've got a few kind of tools if you like our ways in but yeah. anything else that you'd yeah i think the other thing to say about the heart is like the heart is where we're young it's where we're like kids okay still so it's it's very much the subconscious which is that kind of like you end up going into like childhood stuff okay. <laughs> which can be a bit scary for some people but also <laughs> all the like joy of childhood yeah. stuff is there so anything that's like play and affection and all of those things they just like naturally come from our heart so okay. a, a lego serious play would be like definitely a way into more of a heart-based way which was my experience i think when we did the we workshop did yeah, yeah. yeah yeah well it's interesting because a bit like you're saying about choosing a card because with lego series play you know for the benefit of the people who haven't come across it you have a big interesting pool of lego on the table and you as a facilitator you have designed the session beforehand but you ask questions a, a, a common one is build me what it looks like to have a bad boss and so but you've only you'll only give the the kind of team of people maybe like two minutes to build it so they don't have very long to kind of go up into their brain and think oh you know like i'll go through all the different scenarios in which i've had you know like "Eh, the time's done you know like you don't have any time to think about it you just so i guess what you're saying which chimes with your kind of choose the card um is that it's almost it's just instinctive it's just your heart just kind of knows and if you trust your hands in this case in terms of building lego you'll come up with something incredible that you probably would never have imagined you would have made because it doesn't involve thinking it's it's already the memory of of kind of what's you know all the way through your soul or body or whatever so yeah i get get it from that perspective for sure that's Uh, it i think that's a really nice way of describing it it's almost like the resonant yeah the resonance and like the memory of what's in your what's already in your heart and yeah i think your hands are they're almost like a channel out from your heart like if you look uh, yeah it's really like it feels very connected and very kind of yeah that's interesting it's interesting because in in workshops when you do that with lego some people just get it. You're like, oh, here, here's the rules of Lego series play. You know, you're, you're going to build stuff. You're going to have a time limit. And then we're all going to talk about what we've built. And, you know, you say, go with the first question. And, and some people build it. And, they, they, you know, they'll build three models in the time. Like, they just get it. And then some people are just so stuck because they're so used to thinking. And, and kind of like quite a, like thinking can be so slow, um, you know, and it can be thorough. And maybe you'll get to the right answer. But, you know, actually... 
just building something and as I'm understanding it, using your heart more, you can kind of maybe get 90, 95% of the right answer, but you can do it in a fraction of the time that you might've been able to otherwise, if you're, if you're really cognitive about it. So more living. So in terms of what we're talking about being kind of enlightened or awakened and living more from your heart. So what does that look like on a day-to-day basis? Like, like if you, if you could almost paint a picture of someone who's not living from their heart or not, and someone who might be, what, you know, what would we see? So I think not living from the heart is very, I guess there's like a, a being stuck in the mind is quite a stressful place. Okay. So I think there's lots of tendency to overthink and worry about things. And actually... I've never done any of that. <laughs> <laughs> like in terms of preparing for this conversation, I haven't spent any time at all. No, no. <laughs> We all do it all the time, don't we? And our culture is so like set up for being in the mind. I guess I sort of believe, no, I do. I fully believe that brains are pretty much incapable of making decisions. Whoa, (laughs) say that again. (laughs) My brain wants to hear that. What? In fact, quiet down, brain, quiet down. (laughs) It's like our brains are really great at giving us loads of options and thinking everything through and thinking through all the risks and saying like this might happen, right. this, okay, might happen, okay, this might happen, this might happen. And like in the past this happened analyzing and like yeah. they're like a computer. They're constantly computing all this data. Yeah. But actually it's our hearts and our guts that make the decision because it's like an intuitive kind of feeling like something's the right thing. Just feeling yeah, like yeah, this yeah, is yeah. the right thing to do. And I don't know why it just is. That's like that intuitive and the heart is like this is the thing that will bring me joy or this is the thing that I hope will bring someone else joy and I care about them so yeah interesting it just reminds me I studied um, practical philosophy and uh, there was this great lecture given by um, a guy in in Ireland and uh, he talked about decision making and it was all about decision making Shane Mulhall was his name and he um, you can still get those lectures actually they're recorded but he talked about you know if you're buying a house you might write a pros and cons list you know like oh is this the right house you know it has a garden but the garden's not quite big enough you know and he said that's a terrible way to make a decision like because you know before you go to bed if you've got slightly more pros does that mean you're going to buy the house and then you wake up and you're like oh I've thought of a few more cons you know and you add them to the list oh no the cons are winning no, we're definitely not going to buy the house he said you already know you know, you as soon as you've stepped through the door of that house, you either know or you don't whether you're going to buy it or whether you want to live there. Um, but we don't tend to kind of trust that information. But often what happens is that that is the thing that makes the decision. But then we just post-rationalize afterwards. Yeah, We're like, hold absolutely. on, I've got some facts and data based on It's like, yeah. well, actually, you made the decision in the blink of an eye, you know, <laughs> as soon as you drove into the street or whatever, you know. They've even done studies with people who've had strokes um, and, you know, had brain problems uh-huh. and like the, the connections weren't quite right anymore. And they've yeah. shown someone shut one of their eyes and they only have one of their eyes open. They've uh-huh. shown them a sign that said, go and buy a drink. And that doesn't get processed in a certain part of their brain. And the person goes and buys a drink and comes back and they say, why did you just go and buy a drink? And they'll go, oh, because I was thirsty and I, you know, fancied one and like give all these reasons. And But they won't be aware that they've seen a sign. No, but and they the, wouldn't, uh, they will like, yeah, do exactly what you just said. And but they they'll just the, rationalize the fact yeah. that it was for their own need. Yeah. No but one they, will say it. I don't know. Why did I just do that? <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, wow. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so the brain is a terrible well, it's, tool to use to make decisions. It's a use, I think it's useful for looking at your options. Okay. And it's it's creative as well. It's really, it's good at coming up with creative ideas and yeah. like, it's good to, I think it's good to exercise the brain and like give, so like write, yeah, writing lists or coming up with 20 ideas for something and mm-hmm. like, just letting your brain. Like, I guess in the in the example out. of buying a house, maybe your brain is probably good at figuring out that right move is pretty useful, and you know this is the area I might want to live in, and all the rest. But then, in t- yeah, in terms of deciding, you know, amongst a few houses, it's probably not the right yeah tool which for the one job. Is the actual one, yeah, it's kind of okay. like more shaping, yeah, like shaping what the parameters are and giving you some different routes through, and saying like you could go this way or you could, yeah. But the final actual decision isn't like a brain one. I suppose when you think about this in terms of love, so finding a significant other in your life, you know, that you don't really, yeah, <laughs> I, hope, right. I hope you don't write your pros and cons list. <laughs> Did you write a pros and cons list? Um, 
Yeah, I, I guess, you know, it is your heart that's telling you, right? That's what people say. Okay, so like we've got that language already, uh, but I don't know, I for one anyway, don't know how to, like I don't know how to cultivate the kind of knowledge that comes from there, I guess is the, or to kind of use it as a as a tool that I know how to use and when to turn on and when, you know, how to work with it. I guess it's like those those two things of like taking down the barriers that you have, which are there for good good reason, like they're there because we've all been hurt and we've all had pain and we've learned that it's like not safe to be open-hearted so mm. it's not a case of just like oh yeah just take your barriers down don't worry about yeah. it it's like a gentle process of like I guess making yourself feel safe enough to be more emotionally open okay. um and then yeah just I think just like practicing making heart-based decisions in like different scenarios or like listening to it more and even like asking your heart mm. it's like when I'm meditating or whatever it's like saying how are you feeling or like if I'm making a decision it's like making a conscious almost like what do you think yeah what do you think (laughs) (laughs) and does the answer come uh yeah it does yeah in what way does it come um just like a kind of knowing so that's just a double beat you know (laughs) (laughs) that's the right answer (laughs) um I think the heart the heart it does just know stuff. That's like it, its quality. Okay. It knows loads of stuff and it's really connected. Like it's much more, we're much more. So when I was like, when my awareness was much more down in the heart, yeah, it, there was much less of a boundary between like what is me and what is someone else. Yeah. I could much more clearly see that two people are just like creating their reality together at the same time and like you can kind of disappear into a sort of collective conscious or like see more of that person or you know there's like different boundaries are less kind of fixed i think the brain likes boundaries and yeah <laughs> <laughs> to know where it stands and stuff the heart's more happy just like <laughs> just kind of floating disappearing into and... the yeah, yeah. <laughs> into the universe <laughs> um cool would you like to take a break yes that Shall we do good. that? yeah, yeah. Right. Bye for now. Well, thank you for listening to my very first podcast. I would really welcome your thoughts and feedback. Please visit jamesohalloran.com forward slash Rosa. That's J-A-M-E-S-O-H-A-L-L-O-R-A-N forward slash R-O-S-A. And find more resources and leave a comment. Also, please share, subscribe and review this podcast, which will not only encourage me to do more, but it will also help others find it too. Thank you for listening. The next one will be out soon. Bye.